On this week's episode, uh, we talk a bit about death and remembrance. For anyone who's wondering, no, Pat has not passed away. However, this is something that's obviously consuming a lot of our time and emotion right now, particularly if you're keeping up on the Caring Bridge stuff that Beth is posting, then you know that there's been some difficult events lately. So just fair warning, the episode you're about to hear, it's not exactly an uplifting one. It's very heartfelt, but it's also a bit of a sad show. So if that's not something that you want to hear right now, just for your own emotional state, then go ahead, skip this one, and we will catch you guys for much more typical gaming content, I totally hope, next week. Welcome to Fear the Boot. My name is Dan. This is Brodor. This is Wade. I love you, Brodor. Brodor sounds so beaten. (laughs) Brodor, you do sound kind of like... I'm I'm exhausted (laughs) because all of that nervous... Ten rounds with me. All of that nervous energy is gone, and now I feel like I feel drained. All right. I feel like that you've taken my vital fluids, (laughs) not in a good way. So (laughs) we need to go ask a Ouija board. Deny your essence. God damn it. So, all right. Let let me back up here. I deny them my essence. Let let me explain a couple things. I would drink branch water. First of all, (laughs) Brodor feels beaten because of a thing about Ouija boards we just talked to him with. It's like I spent the weekend with my mom. (laughs) And if you want to hear about it, it'll be on the Patreon side. Yeah, it's a negative episode. But, all right, let me cut to the quick of kind of where things are at. So, this week, there's going to be just a short episode. Because for anyone who's following us on Facebook or Twitter or any of that stuff, as you're already well aware, Pat has taken something of a turn for the worse, and we had a very, very long and very emotional weekend. And so there's still a lot of things, obviously, we are are dealing with and need to be preparing ourselves for. Now, Pat, he's still alive. He's in the hospital, so don't misunderstand. But it's definitely been a rough few days so bear with us but we just don't know that we quite have it in us to put on one of our normal productions but let's see if we can at least get a little bit of content here so some bonus episode material brodor sans bonus episode language mm-hmm. well negative episode language oh yeah that's what i mean you know this isn't what you originally were going to talk about but i have a question for both of you because i think you've gone through this both of you, there's three of us. Right, I'm not talking to Brodor. He's. <laughs> oh, damn. Yeah, if, it's not about, if it's not about, you know, have <laughs> fart jokes, then Brodor doesn't have an opinion. No life experience from Brodor. <laughs> so last week, somebody from my Saturday on and off group passed away. Yeah. 29 years old, Jeez. had a brain aneurysm, and is gone. Nobody oh. affiliated with the podcast. Nobody case, affiliated with the podcast. In case you guys are wondering yeah. who this is. No, this is nobody affiliated with the podcast, but he was a... I'm sorry to hear that one. He was a good friend of mine. It hit me pretty yes. bad. What I'm wondering about, you guys have talked about people you've gamed with passing before. Yes. yes. Have you continued that same gaming group? How do you go forward no. when you know that somebody... When somebody has passed away the, in the, the short answer is no but the actual longer answer is more complicated the, there was not a gaming group going on yeah at the time uh-huh. of passing. The, yeah i well, what chad said is absolutely correct that when the person passed we had gained with them previously and probably right. would have again but at the exact moment he played they, the ninja necromancer <laughs> yes he did <laughs> amazing at, at the exact moment they passed yeah if you've heard our story about the guy who was playing a mage who 
Necromancer. The, yeah, who double 20 and took the head off a Goblin King at like first level. With a melee. Yeah, with, with a melee attack. We staff. Yeah. That guy, unfortunately, passed away at the age of 32 from a massive heart attack. Mm-hmm. And Take care of yourself, kids. Yeah, please do. But we uh, were not actively in a gaming group with him at the time that that occurred. Now, let me put myself in that situation and try to think this through. If I was in a gaming group with him or any of the other people who I've lost, unfortunately, at a relatively young age, would I keep that gaming group going? I think yes, because I think one of the worst things that you can do is when somebody passes and you're dealing with that kind of pain is to push away. I think Mm -hmm. people need to draw together. But and I will say that is my tendency as I push away. What we did so far is after the funeral, we went out to his favorite bar. Yeah. And we just shared memories for the rest of the night. We are planning after the beginning of the year to get back together for a board game night and Mm -hmm. just, you know, kind of toast in his honor and just get together. But we haven't discussed what's next. I think the one thing I couldn't do is I don't think I continue the same game. You know, for example... Because they have a character, they have a place Well, it's in a the constant reminder. Right. It's just yeah. a constant reminder of this was a place and story that they occupied, and everything about that campaign is just going to be a reminder of that whole. It's not going to give you really a chance to move on from it because it's this constant thing that's always in your face. And so I think I would try to keep the gaming group together because in the face of that loss, and for those of you that aren't dealing with this, I know this may be a depressing topic, but it still may be worth listening to because it's a timely one for me because I'm actually asking for advice. Well, it struck pretty hard. And for even people that aren't look, it happens, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not saying focus on this. I'm not saying live your life surrounded by death, but you never know what's going to happen. And and it's good to have these tools before it happens, not after. And so when I will echo what Chad said that first of all, I'm very sorry for your loss. And I'm very sorry for the loss of all the other friends and family that were involved in that. But if it was me, I would absolutely keep the game going because I think you need to cleave to those people, especially in a time of healing. But I absolutely would not continue the same game because I think that would go from moving forward together to wallowing well, together. And, and I have a, a slightly different take on it. I agree with you. I agree with what you're saying, but I also hold an opposite opinion on it. I think that you should keep the game going. I don't know any of these people. I don't know the dynamics. So, you know, there's, there might be stuff that I don't understand. Normalcy is good. Once the mourning yeah. period is over, normalcy is good. And I don't know your friend, but I would assume if I was in that situation, I would want my gaming group to carry on. I don't want this memorial to my memory to be this ending. Well, let me give you an example that's not from gaming, but I think speaks to at least how I handle the same concept, which is the loss of my maternal grandparents. With both of them, I kept one memento from each. With my grandmother, she used to have this uh, star sapphire ring that I kept because I used to always play with it. I would love reflecting the light. And while it was on her finger, I'd turn it back and forth and catch the star in that. And with my grandfather, I kept his wedding ring. And upstairs in our curio cabinet, there's a 
ring box that has her ring with his ring around it. But there were a lot of possessions of theirs that I had access to or other family members had access to that we got rid of because of the fact that you have to move on to some extent. And maybe what I'm about to say is crass or callous, but if I'm in that group, I have to suffer a second loss. I have to lose my friend and I have to lose a game that yeah. otherwise was going well. And I, that sucks. I'm kind of on board with Brodor. I, I think it depends on the group and, and the dynamic and the situation. I think that for some group, it might be appropriate to end the game and maybe start a new one. Um, it, it depends on how much emotion and connection there is to the group. And, and if the players, even an individual player, feels pain, they every time the group goes to that bar that the group goes to, and it makes them a little sad because their friend isn't there in character you know, maybe it, it would not be a good idea to, to continue the game, like you're saying, Dan. Yeah. But on the other hand, it's like, if you continue the game in the world, and it's like you remember his place in it, and it's like you remember the happy things, and you continue on the happy things. You don't want to turn it into a memorial, because it's a game. And But if you continue that, and it makes people happy and good, and, and to carry on, because he would want you to carry on, then, then absolutely carry it on. Now, in a completely somewhat related issue, I have a memento from my grandmother's passing, my mom's mom. I actually have her dentures, <laughs> and they sit on a bookshelf in my man space in my game room, and sometimes when we're gaming, I'll just take them off the shelf and <laughs> put them in my mouth. You're disgusting. <laughs> yeah, my grandma used to do this thing yeah. when I was a kid. Time, time out. Are, are you... With us or no, I'm totally no. serious. You're yeah. total okay. I'm totally 100 no. serious. Because I'm sure, like, is this the no? No, I, I've heard of people. Yo, like, yeah. yo, you play around with dentures and yeah. stuff. I never did it, but yeah. 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 Okay. So okay. I, I have yeah. my I have my dead grandmother's yeah. dentures. I get it. All right, and, and right. I do put them in my mouth sometimes. Mm -hmm. But my grandma, when I was a kid, she used to do this thing that terrified the shit out of me, where a Ouija she board. <laughs> she would she did have Ouija letters and numbers and like an alphanumeric code on her teeth on her dentures but that part's it, it's related to the Lincoln Memorial <laughs> it opens the door back there <laughs> so she would she would jut forward her lower jaw and then use her tongue to push her lower denture out just a little bit so she looked like she had this monstrous underbite and it was nice. terrifying to me That's but awesome. anyway I'm sorry I didn't mean to derail what you were so, saying I, I, I would I would want to keep the game assuming that they weren't the game master so since we're sharing mementos i have one of my grandma growing up she always had this uh it's a little wooden thermometer that she would have in the window of the kitchen it's one of those that also is supposed to detect the weather mm -hmm. so it's got a person that has the umbrella down and then a person that has the umbrella up if it's going to rain and when she died that was the one thing that i wanted more than anything else because that was it was always a talking point. It was that reminded me of her more than anything else. So that lives in my kitchen window, just like it lived in hers. Right. Wow. So that was that's my memento of I, my grandma. I I don't know. I want to maintain the game because I want to celebrate mm -hmm. his memory. Yeah. And I want to, like I said, as long as they weren't the person running the game, mm -hmm. and, and someone doesn't have to step in to fill their shoes, then I want to go on without him. And I want to I want to have some great discussion with the rest of the group about why his character is not there anymore. Right. And then continue playing and loving memory of him. Mm -hmm. But 
I mean, I don't know. I mean, you guys are right. It's going to depend on the situation, but yeah. for me, I want to, I want to keep doing it. And if, you know, I get hit by a truck tomorrow, obviously I want the skies of glass game to go on. I would really struggle because I mean, it, it'd be really hard to sit down to the context of a skies of glass game where I'm used to seeing the same four people and there's an empty chair there that I know is never going to be filled by you again, or to keep getting to these plot points and being like, yeah, this totally makes sense because Broder's character. Oh, hell that isn't the thing anymore. Okay. Well, just like his old character isn't the <laughs> thing anymore. Well, I, I know, but yeah. let's say no, I, let's separating the, the character right. from the person. Right. 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 And, player, and so yeah. every time I, cause I keep thinking about the plot and the tie-ins and the plot hooks and the characters and all stuff. And always keep coming back to the context of the player. I would keep going back to this hole. You know, I, I would always end up right back at that same empty spot. There was something that my brother-in-law, Adam, said to me. If you've been to Fear the Con, you might have met him in passing. He usually stops by for a little bit. He's a tall, bald guy. Tall, bald guy, yeah. <laughs> And uh, we're amazing looking. That narrows them down to fifty percent of the people there. <laughs> I was like fifty the, handsome. People. I was like the overweight and the underweight that don't get laid. <laughs> no, no, tall, tall athletic, well built, bald guy who's really into outdoorsy stuff. He's got cheekbones that get great cheese. So he's oh. not a gamer. So <laughs> no he games. He's gay, but the he, guy that doesn't look like he well, belongs. Well, wait a minute. Yeah. yeah, I've been to the gym too. Hold I, on. <laughs> I'm a tall bald guy who's in shape yeah. and does outdoorsy things. Yeah. Not like he does, but yes. yeah. Uh, but the the point being, though, I, I stand by my statement. But mm-hmm. he was giving me some advice about loss, and because what he does for a living is he's a, a financial advisor, and when he started, he was actually offered the chance to work for about half a dozen multi million accounts and basically play golf all day and and kiss these people's ass and live the easy life. And he turned that down because he instead wanted to help middle-class regular people try to make it through retirement and make it through life. And he was, he didn't care if that meant more work and whatever he wanted to do the right thing. And several years back, his father died of cancer. And then my sister developed cancer almost immediately thereafter. So you can imagine what this is doing to him psychologically. And one of the things that he said to me was he said, you know, a lot of people are there at the moment of loss. He said, what happens though is, and he was saying this both from a perspective of his own loss, but also given what he does for a living, he helps people through those losses, not psychologically, though he probably does just by virtue of who he is, but he has to be there to help them work through the finances and the, insurance and all that kind of stuff. So he's seen this and he says, you know, what I see is that people don't understand that, you know, they all come out with this big outpouring right at the moment, but then three months later, six months later, a year later, two years later, that hole is still in their lives and that really tight support network is evaporating or evaporated completely. And I think what he said when he was telling me that kind of spoke to how I would view this that's that's what I mean when I say it would keep me at that hole. You know, I would never be able to kind of close that off and start thinking about new things and thinking about life again and, and thinking about that stuff still moves forward and that there's, you know, I, and I can't imagine that there's anyone at this table that would want for anyone else at this table to be stuck in that sorrow. You know, I mean, it's human. 
right? If tomorrow I passed and you guys didn't care, well, f*** you. But <laughs> you're keeping the solid game going but, but, in your basement. <laughs> but, and, you know, I'd be fine with that. The one thing... <laughs> so fucking game mastering via Ouija board. <laughs> that's, that's totally and, how it's going to And you're just like, after like five weeks of pressure, you're like, fine, it was a good game, let's do it, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, wherever my immortal soul be damned. No, we're all gathering around the table pulling out the Ouija yeah. board, because there is no way we're not getting the big gives. <laughs> we need to know what's going on. But, I, you know, I would not want you guys to stay stuck, yeah. right? Yes. I, w- I wouldn't want you I guys... Have... I have known people in my life that have, after loss, have let it destroy them. Yeah. And that is one of the worst things to see when people can't let go and move forward. And they let their own lives be destroyed by what they've lost. And, yeah, I wouldn't want to see anyone go through that. I, You have to pick up and move forward. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean you forget, because you're not going to forget. Right. But you can't live in the There's past. process. Yeah. It's not an easy process. And it's some people difficult. some people do get stuck in yeah. one of the stages of the process and never make it through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know this wasn't the no, UFO we, episode no, that you it's, planned. It's, yeah. it's it's great. I was it's, yeah, so I was, it's great. I was just thinking that I, I don't know. I think it's better. I, I was I was gonna roll the bonus episode about UFOs and the moon landing, but I think in some ways this is better because you know, look, it's not fun yeah. to talk about. But number one, we've always said yeah. fear the boot is it's a show where we talk about what's going on with us, right? We, yeah. we we use illustrations from our games. We draw inspiration from our games. We talk about the events of our lives. We're not going to pretend that these things aren't going on. And this is where we're at. And related to that, I know there are people listening to this that have gone through it, are going through it, or don't know it, and all grace be with you, you're about to go through it, or you're going to go through it at some point in the future. And I don't say that to be morose. That's life. I mean, death is a part of life and how we handle that. It's an important thing. And I, I think it's, I don't know that it's something we've ever talked about on this show because, you know, by the grace of the powers that be, it's not been something we've, we've needed to talk about on the show. And fortunately, knock on wood, it's not the big topic right now, but, yeah, but it's coming. It's coming. None of us yeah. have any delusion about how pancreatic cancer ends. And so, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't have any cute ending to, to give you on this, except to say, you know, look, just remember when you're gaming, these are your fellow travelers in life. These are humans that have their own story. I hope, I mean, if you're not gaming with a group of strangers at a game shop or whatever, these are your friends. Cherish these people, tell stories together, and, you know, don't spend your life fixated on all those, all those pits and all those holes, because they're going to be there and they'll take care of themselves. You know, it's about the moments in between. Yeah. Would you guys like to hear the two mementos I have? Yeah, my grandparents, very much so. So I have two, and I am not a nostalgic person. I don't like looking back, but I have mm-hmm. two very, very special mementos. One is from my grandfather on my mom's side, and I barely knew him. He died when I was extremely young. I cannot even picture him in my mind. I, I really don't know what he looks like a, as a person. You know, maybe I've seen photos, but but as a person, I, I just do not remember. I was way too young. I remember my grandmother and my mom. So I didn't have much interaction with him. Years and years later, talking to my mom, my mom and my mom and my dad get divorced, I'm, and I'm living with my mom, and we move a bunch of times because divorces are messy. And 
so we have all of her stuff, right? All my stuff I can fit in a backpack, but we have all my mom's stuff from her life. And I'm unpacking some stuff, and I open up this cooler. I mean, it's like a cooler you take to a tailgate thing, and there's a flag in there. There's an American flag, and it's literally bunched up and thrown in there. And I asked my mom, I'm like, where'd this flag come from? And she's like, oh, oh, that's your grandfather's burial flag. Wow. My grandfather's in World War II, and he saw action, too. He was shot at. And he also got a purple heart. He was wounded in, in action stuff. Now, before anybody goes, whoa, your mom's such a bitch. She's not. I love my mom. My mom and my grandfather did not have a very good relationship. My grandfather had a lot of PTSD back before PTSD mm-hmm. was like a thing. Back when it was shell shock. Right, right. Yeah. right. He, she would tell stories about how he would sit in the, the bathroom and just shake and not say anything. And he was also a very, from her description, very cold Loving, you know, that sort of John Wayne, you don't show yep. emotion sort of thing. Like my dad. Like your dad. And he had all of the signs of it, but again, never diagnosed. Never diagnosed. So they did not have a good relationship. I mean, she loved him well enough that there was no abuse or anything like that, but they just did not get along. So when she told me that, and I saw this flag, and it's just like, I just, there's this history here yeah. between my mom and my grandfather that will never be resolved and there's nothing literally nothing i can do about it but i can take his burial flag and at least show it some respect and in some way hopefully kind of psychically bridge that trauma there and so i had a friend where i worked and he knew all kind of like military and history stuff and i didn't know how to fold a flag like, like really well, properly yeah, when you, when do you with, into with the, the triangle and yeah. you tuck it in and stuff. He did. And I told him about it. And so I, one night I brought it out and we folded the flag properly. And I bought one of those little triangle display things yeah. and I put it in there and I've kept it around ever since. Mm-hmm. So that's what I keep for my grandfather on my mom's side. Now on my dad's side, my grandmother, my grandmother practically raised me both of my parents worked all the time my dad worked huge amounts of hours and my mom worked a full career job as well and so my my grandmother grandma millie raised me and i spent many summers down at her little duplex in south city right by bevo mill if you don't know what bevo mill is i suggest you wikipedia and look it up it's actually kind of cool she lived right down the street from bevo mill and it's a little tiny place i loved it we played Scrabble. We played cards. She taught me how to play gin and rummy. And she, you know, there's Church's Chicken across the street. And we would always go and I'd eat Church's Chicken all the time. And she'd get the okra. And I'm like, ew, okra. And I love okra now. <laughs> and it was great. I love my grandma Millie. Loved her. It was just a great, great time. One of the things we did was we would take like an object or something. You know, it was like dyer, a little poker chip or whatever. And we would go, one of us would go into the living room and hide it. And then when we hit it, the other one would come in and try and find it. I, being a little kid, would always hide it in the same spot. She had this wooden jar, I guess, is the best way to describe it, and had a wooden lid. I, it has no maker's mark on it. It's not an antique or anything. It looks handmade. No idea what it is or where it came from, but it was hers. But I really liked it because it was it was carved, right? Had the you All the way around it had this intricate carving you can run your fingers across it feel all the dents and all the indentations and all the raised parts of it and it's perfectly round 
And I just loved how it looked. I loved how it felt in my hands. And you can take the lid off and you can hide stuff in there. And I would always hide it in this one jar. And she would go in and she knew where it was, but she would make a big deal about looking. Is it there? No, it's not there. No, you know, and then she would eventually find it. So when she died, you know, they were taking care of her house. My dad was. And we go in and people are taking things. I don't mean about, I mean, like, like what you said, Dan, yeah. about how, you know, you had the ring and stuff. Yeah. And, you know, we're going through the house and I asked my dad, I'm like, dad, we, you know, people are, are just taking stuff. I can, can I take something? And he's like, well, if there's anything you want, I mean, yeah. And my grandma was really poor. Uh, she was basically held up by her sons and, uh, you know, she didn't really have anything of, of quote value. And so he's like, yeah, thinking there's nothing to take. And so I immediately walked in the living room. I reached up and I took that wooden jar. And that wooden jar is in my dining room right now. It has mm-hmm. followed me everywhere I've gone. And every once in a while, I just catch like this. I see it out of the side of my eye. And I just think of my grandma and how much I love her. And that's why we have these things. That's and why we do this. That's why I said for me, that's a big reason why I have the thermometer in the mm-hmm. the kitchen. It had to go in the kitchen window yeah, because she kept it in the window. When I had a house in a window, that was what reminded me of her. Yep. The big thing was she would bring us in in the morning. So we'd spend overnight and uh, she'd come in. It's like, okay, well, what's the weather going to be? <laughs> and we'd look up there and we'd see, does the man have the umbrella down or does the man have the umbrella <laughs> up? And that was one of the big things. First thing in the morning, mom and dad's still asleep. We'd be in the kitchen getting, you know, getting breakfast ready for everyone. And we'd have to check for the day and see, mm-hmm. you know, it's the man's umbrella up or down. <laughs> so that had to go in my window. And everyone was, you know, doing this kind of same thing is what did they remember about her? What brought back those memories? And for me, that was the big thing because that was our tradition. Mm-hmm. I'm going home and putting dentures in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, you are. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. Like I said, I know this wasn't necessarily a fun and happy episode, but I think it was a necessary episode. And it's just, it's us being honest about, you know, where we're at, what's on our mind right now. So thank you for tuning in. And I hope you have a great week and great games. And uh, we will catch you guys next time. See ya. Yeah.